Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kaderna Podcast. I'm Brian Kaderna. So this is our first episode of 2024. So let me take a moment to wish everyone a happy new year. And if it's your first time listening, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. That's the way we keep on growing. And we'll be bringing you some awesome information, a really great lineup of guests this year. So keep on tuning in. And I promise we will get you where you need to be as we continue to define wealth as a state of well-being. This is a spot for all things health, wealth, entrepreneurship, business, just having a good old time. Keep on tuning in. So today's episode, we're going to do a quick recap of 2023. Uh, Maybe you were up to date with everything going on in the economy or in the markets, or maybe not. And we'll show you a few new things that maybe you didn't quite realize. And then we'll segue into what to keep an eye out for in 2024. I'm sure it's going to be an exciting year. We'll have plenty to talk about. So let's get you up to speed right away. So if you could imagine this time last year, think of the the first week of 2023. As an investor, what may have been going through your mind? All right. You were getting sick and tired of hearing about, quote unquote, transitory inflation, which was starting to look anything but transitory as it continued to climb. That buzzword recession was probably the only word thrown around more than inflation. I know I was certainly sick and tired of hearing about it. You probably were too. And then the Fed was still talking a tough game after all those rate hikes in 2022, the likes of which we hadn't seen in almost 40 years. They were still talking a tough game that by all means, if they were going to have to continue hiking rates, they would. They didn't really care what was going on in the economy or the stock market. They declared inflation public enemy number one, and they were going to do what was necessary to get that under control. And then if we looked at, you know, the prior year, all right, 2022, the S&P 500 finished down nearly 20%, and the high-flying tech sector uh, was finally taking it on the chin. So there was a, a lot to give investors, you know, worry about. And fixed income, this was probably most notable, again, looking back at 2022, it had its worst year on record. All right, just as a reminder, the aggregate U.S. bond market had dropped 13% in 2022. So what I mean to say is that this time last year, the first week of 2023, there was a lot out there to give investors worry. And that's the way that we had kicked off the new year. But as I'll recap in a moment, it certainly didn't go as planned. And I think most investors were very pleasantly surprised. And so we'll get into the recap of the markets of 2023 in just a moment. Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change is the only constant. The Kadona Podcast. The year that was 2023. We entered it with quite a bit of worry and concern of what was going on in the economy, and we left it probably pretty happy if we stayed invested throughout the year. So how exactly did we do? Let's start with the S&P 500, the blue chip stocks, a great benchmark of the overall stock market. The S&P 500 finished at 4,783. That was just shy of its all-time record of 4,796 that was hit in January 3rd of 2022. All right, that was good enough for a 26% return last year. Not bad. 
And the white person might be even more surprised considering COVID and global conflicts and other recent turmoil that we've had in the past few years to learn that this was the fourth positive year of the past five for the S&P 500. And then the NASDAQ, all right, that's the tech heavy index that really led the way in 2023 with a return of 44%. All right, it paid to be an investor in technology in 2023. Now, both of these major indexes, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, were really buoyed by just a handful of huge winners. And those winners are what have become known as the Magnificent Seven. If you're not familiar with those stocks, I'll break it down real quick. The Magnificent Seven are Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet or Google, Amazon, NVIDIA, Meta Platforms, or, or also known as Facebook, and Tesla. All seven of these companies posted monster gains in 2023, and the real cream of the crop was NVIDIA, the chip maker, which gained 234% on the year. Not bad. The only major asset class in 2023 that finished in the red was actually commodities. All right, oil, if we measure it by the WTI or West Texas Intermediate Crude, it entered 2023 at about $80 a barrel, and then it finished the year at just under $72 per barrel. All right, so not a very good year for oil, um, but that's something that leaves most people around the world happy to know that you know that's bringing inflation down and it's also costing us less at the pump. Furthermore, you'd probably find it interesting that despite war in the Middle East and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, all this kind of craziness going on, that the national average for the price of gasoline if we look at that in the past few years, in 2021, it cost $3.40 per gallon. In 2022, it was $3.32 per gallon. And at the end of 2023, it was $3.25 per gallon. All right. In other words, it's been steadily going down in spite of all the things that we're hearing about inflation in the news. So if you're still driving a internal combustion gas-powered car, you're probably pretty happy right now versus where we were a few years ago. Now, as for fixed income, if you remember in my intro, we entered 2023 coming off of the worst year in the bond market in history. All right, so that was a real eye-opener for a lot of folks that said, I wanna be a conservative investor. I wanna slow down and put more of my portfolio in bonds. All right, if you think of that classic 60-40 portfolio, Remember, that means 60% in equities or the stock market and 40% in fixed income or bonds. And that fixed income piece is what really shocked a lot of people. As I said, in 2022, the U.S. aggregate bond market dropped 13%, which was its worst year ever. So how did fixed income do last year in 2023? Well, again, we have some good news to report bondholders return to some of those modest gains that they really anticipate from such holdings. The U.S. aggregate bond index that was hammered the year prior finished 2023 positive 5.53%. All right, not too shabby. And then oddly enough, I, I found this really kind of eye-opening. The 10-year U.S. Treasury began 2023 at 3.88%. It rallied to almost 5% in October of last year, but then it began to fall and it actually finished the year 2023 exactly as it started at 3.88%.
If you're a trivia buff, I'd be curious if that's ever happened in history. Uh, might be something for you to go check out and you can let me know. So I think 2023 ultimately taught us a lesson and that we can expect the unexpected. Again, we entered the year with a lot of supposed headwinds, a lot of concern of what was going on in the world and the economy, had a rough prior year in the stock market and the bond market. Yet 2023 was a pretty awesome year. Whether you were a stock investor or a bond investor, you pretty much could not lose unless, like I said, you were concentrated in commodities or utilities, uh, which you know did not have a very good year. But what to look forward to this year in 2024? Let's talk about the here and now and things to consider for tomorrow. So there's ultimately four indicators that I'd really encourage investors to pay attention to. And those are going to be GDP or gross domestic product, unemployment, inflation, and then again, recession, that word that we're sick and tired of. So let's start with that first one, GDP, gross domestic product. So GDP growth in 2023 was surprisingly strong. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, in the third quarter of 2023, which is the latest data we have right now, GDP had grown 5.2%. All right, for context, the historical average in the U.S. has been 3.2% from 1947 all the way to 2023. So think about that. The latest data we had, 5.2% growth on GDP versus a historical average of 3.2. So pretty strong year in the economy for 2023. Now, those recent increases that I'm describing, those really showed us that there was a spike in consumer spending and also inventory investment, all right, companies getting back to spending money. All right, this growth is expected to moderate in 2024 as consumer spending and capital investing are expected to fall as the job gains slow and the higher interest rate environment that we're living in right now continues to tighten bank lending and really contract some of the economy and overall spending for both consumers and businesses. So great GDP growth last year. Right now, I mean, no telling what will happen in 2024, but most economists are expecting that to taper down a little bit. Now, what about unemployment? This has been something that's been such a sticking point and really a surprise for a lot of economists. All right, we have had an extremely tight labor market since COVID. All right, the low rate of unemployment amid the Fed's historic rate increases has puzzled a lot of us. Unemployment has hovered between 3.4% and 4% since the end of 2021. Low unemployment is also what has encouraged Fed Chairman Jerome Powell to keep on talking that tough game throughout 22 and 2023, as he said that the economy can support more rate hikes and kind of take some of that punishment because we did have such a tight labor market and the unemployment rate was so very low. Now, one of the things that you got to keep in mind is these statistics, sometimes they can be somewhat misleading. All right. Low unemployment is certainly a good thing, but it may be a symptom of low labor participation. All right. According to the latest census projections, the population aged 18 to 64, all right, so all our workers in the economy, is expected to rise just 0.1% in 2024. All right. And remember, we had such an exodus from the labor market in COVID during the pandemic, where a lot of baby boomers that said, oh, I'm going to retire in three years or five years, 
said, you know what, I'm just going to retire now. And they have not come back to work by and large. And as such, that's where we have a much smaller labor pool than we're normally used to. And as the census shows us, we're not expecting to grow that very much this year. So unemployment may still remain relatively low as more and more Americans are not working. They, they've retired or they've exited the workforce for one reason or another. If you want to learn more about population dynamics, I'd really encourage all you guys to go check out my book, What Should I Do With My Money? Economic Insights to Build Wealth Amid Chaos. You'll notice that the very first chapter, Population, describes what's going on in the globe and here in America, and ultimately how all the people that make up this great economy of ours affect the day in and day out uh, fluctuations in the markets and our entitlement systems, our government, our workforce, and all the like. It's all built on people. So I think these population dynamics are really interesting, and I had a lot of fun researching them and putting that chapter together. All right, so we got GDP, we've got unemployment, and then the two remaining factors to keep an eye on this year are going to be inflation. All right, that's a buzzword that we've heard so much. Again, in 2022, we saw inflation, the likes of which we hadn't seen in over four decades. Fortunately, inflation is beginning to lose its luster. All right, the latest CPI or consumer price index reading that we had from November of 2023 showed that inflation rose just 3.1% over the prior year. That's down from 7.11% a year before. So we're getting closer to the Fed's ultimate target rate of 2%. Now the Fed has been clear that target rate is not going to change. So we're still in a battle of sorts against inflation, but we're getting much closer to where we need to be. Unfortunately, it appears that oil markets have stabilized since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, now, with what's going on in Israel and Palestine and in that surrounding area, there again is some concern of what could happen in the oil markets. Um, but hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, they have stabilized. And the global supply chain has largely been restored since the pandemic. So, as the froth of the stimulus payments, the enhanced unemployment, the quantitative easing, zero uh, percent interest rates, and all those other boosts during the COVID nineteen pandemic have dwindled and really worked their way through the economy, or kind of been absorbed by these higher interest rates. We're starting to see inflation that could be slowing, uh, and maybe we'll even see rate cuts in twenty twenty four by the Fed, which certainly the stock market typically appreciates. Last but not least, we have recession. Now, this isn't really a indicator. It's not something that we follow month by month or quarter by quarter. Is America in or out or near a recession? This is really a, I would look at it more as an indicator of consumer confidence. All right. It's probably the only word that's been said more than inflation in the past two years is recession, as if it's this technical term that once we hit it, we can never turn back and it does irreversible damage to the economy. I'm happy to report that's not exactly the case. Remember, it's just a definition. Recession, at the end of the day, it's just a word that once we hit these uh, technical parameters with GDP and unemployment, we can cross that threshold and technically enter a recession. Fortunately, as I mentioned earlier, we've avoided that because of the such low unemployment that the economy has had. And now as we have low unemployment and very positive GDP growth, it appears that we could actually avoid the vaunted recession 
and have this soft landing that the Fed has spoken about the past couple of years. So with the expectation of unemployment continuing to stay low, uh, GDP growth going from maybe from strong to moderate, I think the chances of a recession this year are less likely. Um, that's my own personal opinion, uh, but hopefully that can ring true. And while it is just a word and a technical definition that most investors are not even fully familiar with, it's a naughty word that affects consumer confidence. And remember, the markets are fickle. The stock market can react instantly to, to just a bit of news or a bit of emotion in the markets. So consumer confidence is very, very important to keep an eye on. All right. So those are my four indicators to keep an eye out for in 2024. GDP growth, unemployment, inflation. And let's see if we can avoid a recession again for another year and continue to watch our markets climb higher. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. Again, please tune in and uh, subscribe wherever it is that you watch or listen to the show. And if you like this content about kind of blending health, wealth, business, and overall well-being, please go check out my website, www.briancaderna.com. And at the very top, you can sign up for my free weekly newsletter, which is called Weekly Wealthy Wisdoms. There's tens of thousands of subscribers already that get this free newsletter every Monday morning. You definitely want to check it out. It's just a two, three minute read with some of the coolest things I've found in the prior week. So keep on tuning in and I look forward to a great 2024. Happy New Year. This podcast is intended for the general public and for informational purposes only. The show does not provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, strategy, or product, or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your situation. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Please contact your accountant or legal advisor to discuss your situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Kaderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not guarantee of future results. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003, phone number 973-244-4420. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0K04194.